For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. All right, and take off your headphones and put them close to the speaker. All right, so that should do it, right? We're going to do this the old-fashioned way, so nowadays Kyle does it where he like has all the stuff on a soundboard. I ain't doing that because I don't have a soundboard, so... We're going to do it where we insert it later. So we're just going to start up from this. This is going to be um, episode 70, by the way, because we're going to record the porn one this upcoming week, I think, right? And so that'll be episode 69. This will be saved as a release. I know, right? I actually I haven't watched it yet because it's just like, oh, sigh. I have to watch this. I'm just such an innocent, innocent mind. I'm like, oh, boy. Uh, but, Brom, you've been really excited for it, right? This ep- uh 69? Yeah. Yes. I, I yeah. watched it. I uh, discussed it a little bit with the guys, but I, I'm saving it for the air for the most part. Okay. All right. So here we go. We're gonna we're gonna start in a second. Okay. Sure. Uh, I'm. Ha- I my 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 link closed. What was the name of this episode again? Oh, uh, it's called uh, it "And the Sea Shall Give Up Its Dead." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Why do you need the name of the episode? I don't understand. So I can pull it up on IMDb. Okay. Yeah. All right. Episode 70. Woo. Woo. There we go. Someone had to jump in because this is a a very special episode in the sense that Kyle's not around. Um, if you know, For loyal fans who've been listening for a while, um, they will remember the same thing happened last year where all the guys, um, other than the uninitiated... Uh, get together and they have like a little trip together and so he's away on their on their trip and it's just me and brahm mm-hmm. and who else is there patrick and don't forget uh kyle's child who you're taking care of correct oh yeah yeah he's sitting right here cool I, or he's somewhere around here actually i don't know mm-hmm. i can't no, i can't tell kyle's dog she, child, she, it sounds like. yeah she, no i'm not taking care of any children dog oh. or otherwise okay uh, I, I assume that child is with them. I have wait, no idea. Wait, did I introduce myself? No. <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> no, you did. You said Patrick. Oh, good. It's Patrick. And he's from across it's the- It's Patrick. Yeah. What's, and, your, theme, what's uh, your catchphrase? Uh, I'm Patrick. Okay, there we go. Because I'm going to say <laughs> Brahms is- Cheerios. Hello. That's good. Hello. Very good. Because uh, Brahms, yours was, uh, that's me, right? Uh, that was one of them, and I did the uh, bit connect. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> oh, I like that one. <laughs> I'm loving that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all classic. right. Um, oh, oh, and I- I'll have to insert. I'll have to insert all the different things because I don't even have any of the the sound stuff. So like, oh, the, all the alarm and like the Shoot. dive, dive, dive. Nothing's here. Well, it's a little well, different format. It is a submersible. Format. It a, a submersible. Know, yeah, it's a submersible yeah, totally different. We're in a submersible and we're, we're exploring the depths of the sea. So it's a little bit different uh, because, Brom, what do we what do we watch tonight? Oh, we're, we're going right into it, huh? I, I, uh, I, yeah. I, what else? Do, do you have something else to discuss? Just real fast, uh, in case anyone listening was wondering who's the best golfer of the mm. podcast group, the answer is me. 
Was that uh, recent? Was that that was day? that was Tuesday night? Is this um, specifically this podcast? Specifically, yes. specifically, extremely recent because the boys were coming through town. Hmm. So I linked up with the Backbone, the Mustard Man, and El Capitan Kyle, and wow. I shot a wow. fifty on nine holes. It's pretty good. I uh, I claimed the trophy. Kyle made some trophies for everybody too. Uh, retroactively gave out the one for last year. Alex won last year, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't compete <laughs> last year. So, yeah, you and you and Alex are pretty good, right? How good is Kyle at golfing? Uh, the worst. He shot a yeah, seventy three. I like never. I've never heard of him golfing. So he shot a seventy three on nine. Though. That's par on, nine on some holes. courses, right? <laughs> that is a par on eighteen yeah. hole seventy two. Right. <laughs> Uh, but had a great yeah. time, and uh, seventy three is not even that bad. Now that, uh, thinking about it, in terms of if you shot fifty and that's pretty good, seventy three. I feel like he he hacked it. He hacked around. It was that's fine. like a shooting sixes on par threes, though. Yeah, and <laughs> that's not good. I think I could do better. I think I could do maybe as good. As that. Yeah. I don't know. With a little practice, I don't know. Does Kyle play a Maybe. lot? I don't know. <laughs> no, should, he doesn't. He, he never, never plays. Yeah, I shouldn't be well, ragging welcome on to Kyle, golf, though. Yeah, welcome to Golfcast, where we talk about Kyle's golf game. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm pretty, sure he turned some of, I'm pretty sure he turned some of his uh, clubs into the trophies. They, uh, oh, nice. They, oh. Were, they were pretty nice. He had a nice piece of uh, wood with a uh, tr- uh, club head on it that he had painted, and he did some wood burning, but uh, could have used a little work on the wood burning, but. I'm happy with it. I got it displayed on my desk. He's also terrible at wood burning, so because <laughs> he almost burned down his deck the last time he was burning. <laughs> That's wood. true. That's so. true. Occasionally, the USS Wet Floater encounters mysteries even deeper than it can explore. In cases such as these, a crack team of experts board our submersible and plumb the deepest depths of submarine pop culture. This is Mackie's Second Floor Studio Presents Submersion A Submersible Pod So regardless, to answer your question on tonight's episode of The Submersible Pod we watched Iron Man, the animated series Episode 1, Season 1 Yeah, season premiere It felt like a pilot Sort of. It was no. Cold. It did not <laughs> feel like a pilot at no. all. <laughs> it, it felt al- like you were thrust into the middle of the the like eighth season. Which sometimes or they do though. They they kind of want to have the rhythm of what the the, the show is going to be about, and and you definitely right. were lost watching this <laughs> episode. Right. Was titled. It was insane. It was insane. <laughs> episode was titled, and the sea shall give up its dead. Is yeah, that, and apparently is that poetry all of, all or from that. Something? Yeah, all of the episodes have like real flowery titles like that, apparently. Oh, yeah, apparently oh. it's because Stan Lee used to do it on his comic books. So they right. did it as a homage to Stan uh, Lee. Oh. Yeah. What is that from? Is it like Moby Dick or something? Or um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's – isn't it something shall inherit its dead? Oh, uh, yeah. The, the something shall inherit the earth. No, maybe. Poor, I don't know. The meek. There it is. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, that's really probably the only. Really, the only overlap <laughs> is the word shall, so. <laughs> probably <laughs> <of> not. <laughs> Borderline. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had kind of been looking forward to watching this one only because at one point I had watched part of this episode and you'll see, I just, 
you'll see that it probably was a mistake because there's just not a lot of submarine in it. Uh, it's definitely a big part of the plot of the film, just or the, uh, the television show. But it's not like the submarine itself, you're only on it once. But in the very opening parts, you, there's like a hot tub scene that I was pretty excited about. <laughs> and that's how we ended up choosing this one because <laughs> Tony Stark's in a hot tub at one point and it's insane. And it's not even like it's, – it's probably like 70th on the list of most insane things about this television <laughs> show because it makes no sense. It is complete nonsense. Um, <laughs> but it's not quite that nonsense when we start up. Instead, when we open, it is basically the worst theme song I've ever heard. Like think yeah. of <laughs> – Think of Street Sharks, but then think of the opposite of that because yes. it is terrible. It's and basically it's just really all instrumental. Bad. It sounds sad at one point. Like it seems like it starts to get like real sad. I'm like, huh, weird. <laughs> the guy making it like seemed to get like sad and angry at one point. Well, they're like, playing, changing tone all over the place. They're playing like a full movie behind it that you're supposed to, I think, yeah. glean some information about the the entire like 80 year history of iron man as a character from just this yeah. like 15 minutes of a some and korean they, production company's nonsense is like basically right. how it works and they, and they have show, a bad guy roll call yeah they show yeah. all the all the bad guys but they only have a chiron like naming like half of them and then the, the only name of the good guys which they show all of them they only named war machine right yeah it they show weird. war machine they give him a name they also show whirlwind dread knight hypnosha Blacklash, which seems like a they're they're, they're towing the line, and then Grey Gargoyle, and then our main baddie himself is the Mandarin. It's interesting that Modok doesn't get a a, a thing for himself. Well, yep. Shout out. And then they, they showed a Spider Woman and Hawkeye, but didn't give didn't them any them. love. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even I didn't even notice Spider Woman because when she shows up like five minutes into this episode, I was like, wait, wait what? Spider Woman's like just hanging around in her costume. Like it seems so strange. Everyone's always in their I costume. I feel like they kept unfurling more and more. Like at one point, they're doing something and then like Hawkeye's like in the corner of the shot and they're like, come on, we need you. And he's like, oh, I was hoping to catch the game. I'm like, oh shit, Hawkeye's in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So then, yeah. So you guys, I mean, Brom, you didn't you didn't listen to the second season. So between first season and second season, they totally revamped the show and they had a new theme song, which is bomb. So if anyone out there is interested in hearing an actually good theme song, the second season theme song is like all electric guitar, shirtless Tony Stark, muscles gleaming, building his suit, hair flowing in a mullet, and just like ah. Am Iron Man. Apparently, he was trying to play off the song <laughs> Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> so it's much better. This one's yes. terrible. And also, just to point out, I did watch episode one of season two, and they completely cut down the cast. So basically, Tony Stark's entire like friend group, half of them leave. It's only uh, War Machine and Spider Woman who stick around. So War Machine, yeah. his best bud, and Spider Woman, who's very clearly the love interest in that one. That's so. weird because I when when we get to the part where Tony Stark is introduced here, I was sure his physical therapist was his love interest. Excuse and me. Then, excuse me. She has a name. It is Veronica. <laughs> okay, Veronica. <laughs> but then I don't think she's a big part of the show at all. I yeah. couldn't even find her on like recurring characters. No, I was on the Wikipedia page. She was Scarlet Witch, but then it turned it couldn't be because Scarlet Witch has a Russian accent. Right. Yeah. Even though so they look very open, similar. Yeah, we open on a on a U.S. base. It's in the middle of Siberia, it looks like, or something. Yeah, and they're tracking a Russian sub, and they're like, "What is this? It's they're in a forbidden zone. What's going on here? Uh, you know, they they must be in trouble." And then we transport onto Wait, the submarine. I have to stop you right here because in oh the, yeah, in the background you can see a calendar which marks out that it is March 11th. 
Yeah, they were very clear that it's March 11th it and everyone needs to needs to know very specifically March 11th. March 11th. Go on. Right. And then they they do they they have a bunch and we'll mention all the other times that they go out of their way to talk about March 11th. Yes. But anyways, it's not it has no meaning other than they really want to hammer into the little children's heads that it's important that you know that it's March 11th, which is now a, a, a national holiday, which is right. Iron, Iron Man, Man episode 1 day. And uh, the sea shall give up its dead. Yes, right. March 11th. And so anyways, they have a captain and another submariner are tracking an intruder. They have a little device that tells them when it, where an intruder is, which seems – I'm not sure how that device works. Useful. Uh, yeah. It's, it does seem useful that you just say, in, where's an intruder? And it's like beeping and they, they can follow it. Uh, but anyways, that, it turns out to be Hypnosha. Oh, no. Hypnosha. Yeah, Hypnosha. And she's there and she's like – she's basically setting up like a little machine with a bunch of green goop in it. And they're like – they have the worst uh, – Russian accents ever. She's like, yeah. get up your hands, honey. Basically, it sounds like they're Spanish, but they're apparently Russian. And I, then I don't think that's right. That sounded too good, but go on. Sorry. <laughs> and then she uh, uh, she hypnotizes them immediately. Yeah. And basically sets up a timer for exactly one year. The worst right? plan in the world. If it wasn't exactly it's one it's year, a terrible plan. They get away yeah. with it. <laughs> Just right. to point out. <laughs> yeah. So it's exactly one year that they set up this to the second. One year from when she sets up this timer. And then she says, sorry to hypnotize and run, which again, can can you guys help me out? What is that a play on? Hit and run. Oh, geez. I'm an idiot. For no, some reason, I, I, I was thinking I think sexual. it was more like a dine and dash would, type of deal. Yeah, maybe. maybe. And it could have been – that would have been uh, hypnotize and quit. I hate to right? eat and run. Yeah. Anyways, well, but anyways, way, I should mention – Regardless, her yeah, voice yeah. was ridiculous. She yeah. she sounded like if anyone knows the, the bit Emma Stone did on SNL where she's like, hot, sick, uh, and doing all that <laughs> stuff. Like that's what this yeah. lady was doing. It By the way, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is weird. the only original character in the entire series. Is, oh, really? She, I, she was I not believe in... so. I believe Hamnosha is the only original character in the entire series. Wow. wow. Yep. Interesting. Invented. Huh. Yep. Well, anyways, smash cut. Yeah, she she, she kind of sounds like a uh, like a witch almost. Uh, she's like, oh, and the, clearly the voice actress was like, I'm just not gonna do. I'm not gonna do a normal voice. She's got to have a different voice. But it sounds really strained. Like she's really trying to get like the voice out. So it ends up sounding like an old man or a witch. Anyways, smash cut directly to Iron Man's gym. <laughs> straight up. Yeah, because uh, we're in like it's just crazy. Smash cut to a visual where. If it was a movie, the camera would be in the hot tub. And it's just they're, they're basically bumping groins together. And you're like, whoa, what's going on here? And then they, they flash to his head and he's like straining. He's like, it hurts. <laughs> and she's bad. like, push through the pain. I'm like, I don't even know what we're supposed to think is happening in this situation. But they're <laughs> having sex. Nuts. <laughs> but he's like, well, anyways, whatever. <laughs> it was like the it was like harder Tony and all that shit. I'm like, oh my, what the yeah. hell? Yeah. Yeah. Point so anyways, he's basically that. kick. Yeah. So they're basically wrestling with his physical therapist. What they don't mention here is that this is, I think, implying his the background of his character, which you know, you know, from the Marvel movies and stuff, is that he was in a war zone and you know he got some shrapnel near his heart, and now his suit kind of helps him keep that shrapnel away from his heart. And they didn't do that in this one. This one is a, a spine injury, and really? so I think it's. In the, yeah, in, in that's the what it said online. Oh wow! In the second season, he has a, a little thing on his heart that he right. unplugs. So they, they changed. They changed it. So they had a they had a different thing. So later, the Mandarin explodes something and he gets shrapnel near his heart. Okay, got it. 
So it, later on, they introduced that to kind of like clean this all up. Oh. But apparently, this had nothing to do with shrapnel, nothing. It's a, it's a spine injury. So that's why I think that's why he has a physical therapist at this point. Makes I couldn't sense. figure out what was going on, but it, I think it I think it is show specific. I do know one thing. What's going on at this point? Warhammer gets splashed, and he is not pleased about it. He's not pleased about it. He very specifically mentions that there's a, th- a 3 p.m. on March 11th. March 11th. <laughs> yeah, March 11th, 3 p.m. You've got a conference to go to. So they're very clear about that. But then who strikes? Uh, whirlwind. Yeah. And so Whirlwind's is laying there. And well, they don't know about that yet. So Whirlwind comes in. He explodes some glass. Basically kills the physical therapist. Ronica's yes. out for the count. She goes straight through a window. <laughs> she needs then- a physical therapist. And then they are so distracted by obviously his physical therapist basically nearly dying that uh, Whirlwind's able to go in and steal a microchip from his computer room. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Dread Knight comes from the sky and they fly away together. Question. And this is somehow they all chalk this up to a failure in the mission. They're like, oh, they totally botched this. Yes. Why? It's like, wait, what? Question. Why do yeah. you need the microchip? Oh no! They 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 explain it next in the next. It's ter- it's a terrible part of the plan. Oh, no. So the terrible part of the plan is so whirlwind and dreadnought. They get over to the Mandarin, and the Mandarin's like, "Thank God I got this microchip because now I can be in contact with the device that Hypnosia has set on the submarine." Yes, and their it's just device like, to contact. How the f- why did you set this up? This plan requires you to steal a microchip from. Tony Stark in order to communicate to your own machine. <laughs> this, seems, this seems nuts. For a year. It's not even now. It's for a year later. Yeah. They need to be able to communicate. They steal, have to steal Tony Stark's microchip to communicate with their own device that they planted. <laughs> I don't understand it's, that. It's insane. No, the plan – and this isn't even – right now you're like, oh, this plan is stupid. It gets stupider. It gets like way stupider later on. It, it becomes complete nonsense as we go along through this. At this point, it's just like slightly nonsense. One year later. Yeah. So then it's smash cut. He basically says, "I have in exactly one year, I shall have the means to take over the world." And even Dread Knight is like, "That's like a long time to wait, man." And man is like, "I will wait for eternity." And I, I was hoping that Dread Knight would be like, "Well, but technically, if you wait for if you wait for eternity, you never actually rule the world." And then the Mandarin being like, "Shut up, <laughs> like it's fine." <laughs> So yeah. like one year later, they they smash cut over. Basically, they're walking near their hot tub, and that must uh, the hot tub again, and that must remind Tony Stark because they, for whatever reason, War Machine is like, hey, remember today was the day like a year ago that Whirlwind, like had that botched yeah. plan, right? So they're still talking about it. Yeah. Like, what year the about date, it. Tony? What was that day? Was yeah. it March eleventh? Weird. And it's March eleventh today, and so then they get a call from the U.S. government. It's a it's a general. And in my trivia, you'll see that I'm pretty sure they meant this to be someone else, but they a real person. Mm-hmm. But then they changed it to be a U.S. general instead. Oh, interesting. Just like an anonymous general. And you'll see why I say that. Uh, and so they're basically like, oh, we want you to be part of our uh, our project uh, Prometheus, which is to, to surface the Prometheus, which was that submarine that we saw earlier. Yes. Um, which is funny because they want him to take part in the plan and apparently the plan is just to have Iron Man go and do it. Yes. <laughs> we know where it is. So it's just have Iron Man bring this submarine up, okay? And then- It's like, okay. But little do they know, Hypnosia and MODOK, who's in a baby carriage of some kind. Yes, which is one of my favorite things is, is MODOK just pretending to be a baby at this point. Yes. and But they're listening with like a balloon with microchips on it. Quite amusing. Mm-hmm. Which also apparently generates pictures for no reason, but that's fine. right. Yeah, this is like a picture of it on the balloon. Yeah. I feel like that would kind of give away what the balloon is, but yep. And then Modok's like, well, "Got that? See you later, Hypnosia." And Hypnosia's like, 
but you're my right home. Right. <laughs> yeah, he basically explodes the baby carriage and flies away. Yep. And then Hypnosha's real pissed. And that's the last we see of Hypnosha uh, for this episode. Uh, yeah, that's plausible. Yeah. They should have flashed over to her being on like a bus and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, Gosh, damn it. <laughs> yes. That would have been too so good then, of writing. Yeah. Right. If we're probably. Instead, so then, then we the get the scene with Blizzard. Go on. Yeah. So the Loved Mandarin. It. <laughs> so the Mandarin, he's getting ready to defend this up because one of the things is basically three hours before his, his, his basically recipes cooking as finished in the submarine, <laughs> they start to get concerned that maybe Iron Man would get there just in time to stop it. Which seems crazy because if it just was – could they not have gotten away with 364 days to have it happen? It seems a little nuts. And very, very coincidental. Anyways, he's like, oh, shit. We got to defend this sub for the next like two hours. And he has – they have – basically the bad guy roll call happens here again. Mm-hmm. Dread Knight shows up. Blacklash shows up. Greg, Gorl, Greg Gargoyle shows up. My favorite character. Warwin shows up. And then – who strolls in on a snow surfboard? Blizzard. Of course, everyone yeah, the knows Blizz Blizzard. Man, everyone knows Blizz, Blizzard. Blizzman comes in. He's on his little skateboard. He's like, yo, shit, what up? And the Mandarin's like, and he's like, uh, everyone's like, oh, cool. Great to go. Good to go. I got this and the down if you want me to do it. <laughs> do do go it. ahead. All right. Uh, the, the Blizzard says, you know, I'm loyal. You know, I've been loyal, boss. What's wrong? Boss says, you've been loyal. Yes intelligent no and he starts to burn a hole in the ground and now blizzard is like free falling to the center of the earth right just like through through the earth forever for 30 seconds and And blizzard also (laughs) blizzard seems totally not concerned with this he's just like falling being like eh well he fell approximately nine thousand feet Right, <laughs> he was flying earlier, so I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe he just, he just he was like, ah, oh, at some point I'll make my little, you know, frozen flying carpet. Yeah, be fine. not not the only paradox though, because the Mandarin says, when you carelessly created a flash freeze to cool your drink, you killed my begonias. Oh no, unforgivable. I yeah, just no, apparently unforgivable. You can't huh? wait. Wait, Bron, before you go on, yep. he can't forgive him. Just impossible. Right, it's impossible for him to forgive him. But then he walks up to the edge and zaps him with his finger ray and stops his free fall. And he says, I shall spare you because I'm merciful. Now go to the garden and start fertilizing. So this created a paradox because it was unforgivable, but he was shown mercy. And then my tablet broke because of the paradox. Right. It's the mystery of the Mandarin. Yeah, and then apparently Blizzard spends the rest of this episode working in the garden. So it would have been great if they were just like flashing over to Hypnosha on a bus and Blizzard fertilizing the garden. <laughs> in the garden. Yep. Like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then it gets really slow at this point. So uh, basically things have been going pretty fast. At this point it gets really slow because they start to introduce uh, Tony Stark turning into Iron Man. Yeah, but just which, but just by the way, at this point, Iron Man and War uh, – what's his name? War Machine. War, War Machine. Machine. They literally go, by the way, it's March 11th. Remember that happened on March 11th last year. Remember the March 11th thing? And then yeah. they transfer in. So they – just to point out, Tony Stark knows it's March 11th and knows this thing happened last year on March 11th. Go on. Yep. Right. Yeah. So it gets really uh, really slow. He's basically like, I'm going to go. Don't worry about it. War Machine's like, whoa, okay. Everyone knows Iron Man suit can temporarily go under the water and we see that later in the episode. But – for a mission like this, where you go down to the uh, fucking submarine, don't you need to change your suit? He's like, no, 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 hold on, I got Irving. And he's like, what's Irving? And he's like, it's an in-flight 
refit vehicle with interactive neuromimetic gear. I R V I N G Irving. Mm. It's kind of like Modoc. Did you, Brom? Did you know what Modoc stood for? Stood for? Uh, I knew it was an acronym. M O D O K. Right. Yeah, mental organism designed only for killing. Oh, great! Mm. Mm. And apparently, disguising himself as a baby. That's the other thing he's stood for. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, we get we get a, apparently what happens here is. Uh, they just reuse the same change into Iron Man scene every time. And apparently in some of them, it's really crazy. Like he'll be like in a jungle or something and be like, and I got to change into Iron Man. And then it'll just show him in the lab with his suit on, you know, getting into the Iron Man suit. And they just they, Every time they just ignore what's actually happening in the scene when he's turning into Iron Man and just flash Ooh. back to that exact same scene, it's no matter the, what the context is. It is not in season two. Yeah, yeah. So they change it because in the in the middle of this also they have a couple CGI, very very primitive CGI. If you think about it, it's nineteen ninety four. Yeah. So we're talking like Lawnmower two level, uh, Lawnmower Man two level stuff. Get it right. It's Lawnmower Man two in the Cyberspace. Right. I think yeah, it actually I has noticed that it was very blurry three dimensional yeah. renderings of the scene that they were doing in two D, and they did it in full two D later in the episode. Yeah. It was very so anyways, weird. All the Avengers gather around. I shouldn't call them the Avengers. There's something else, like Force Team or something. They gather around to just watch them fly around. Uh, briefly, we have um, Hawkeye change the channel because he's trying to find a baseball game. And we get a, a scene of a, a report about a new tunnel, a new channel being uh, being built. And so that's a little hint. I'm sure that won't come into play later. Anyways, um, what's it called? It's uh, Chekhov's channel. That's the thing, right? Yes. And it's yeah. the hammer tunnel, so the hunnel. Right. Yeah, the hunnel. And so uh, so then there's a big fight at the submarine. So basically, Iron Man gets there. He changes into a suit. We see Irving get crushed by Grey Gargoyle. And then um, the Mandarin's like, yes, excellent, excellent. Go even closer. And it begins to begin an ambush. And all of the bad guys basically totally own Iron Man at this point. Yes. And so in a really weird scene, they have the guy Sentry. Yes. He takes his battle staffs and is just like, yeah, let's go there. And then yeah. just like transport immediately to the submarine. Yes, his battle staff. Which, he's, he is an alien and he has battle right. staffs that can transcend space and time, which feels like cheating. Yeah, it seems like maybe Tony Stark should have just done that. Should have yeah. probably done that in the first place. Right. I mean, probably should do it most of the time. <laughs> uh, and then so anyways, they get over there. Um, at this point – I think the Mandarin seems to be ready to just like try to kill Iron Man because he brings in Fen Fen Foom. So the zi- hey, don't get ahead of it. We gotta okay. really, we gotta get do him justice. We gotta okay. do Fen Fen Foom. Okay, so we learn later that basically everyone's cooked good on the submarine. They're ready to go, and so he's like, okay, time to like bring in my big, uh, you know, my my special weapon, alien dragon Fen Fen Foom. I can't wait for him to show up in Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's gonna be great. People, when were, they people were so excited for Iron Man 3 and for Fen Foom. <laughs> and then it turned out to be a fake Mandarin that no one liked. Uh, damn. Yep. And so, uh, so Fin Fan Foom comes out and totally immediately blasts Iron Man in the head with uh, a laser, laser flames, basically, mm-hmm. as they seem to imply, some laser flames. And so then War Machine's real concerned because he's like, okay, he's getting like a little shocked in, in the dome. Like we got a we got to help him out or else he's going to die. Was that when Fin Fang Foom said 
Fangs for the memories, or is that when they defeat Fang Fang? No, no, no. So that's Tony Stark says that because okay. Fang Fang just kind of goes away at this okay. point because he can't defeat him. I mean, he's an alien dragon. He he's going to do what he does, and so he leaves. Actually, everyone leaves because then they they are able to ran just like they just use Sentry to transport over to Iron Find Iron Man. Smash cut to him back in the lab recovering. Apparently, only five minutes later because we were literally just watching the the tunnel open. And the tunnel is still not opened, right? Well, I said he's going to do a noon uh, Greenwich yeah, so mean. Well, it's March. So March, that would be just before it changes to British summer. Whatever. It's yeah. uh, probably So Greenwich anyways, mean. yeah. So t- Tony Stark is basically like, I feel like I'm starting to figure something out just before Fim Fam Poom came down and played fangs for the memory on my That's cranium. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I had a realization that all this is happening on March 11th. Something must be happening on March 11th. They literally and then just comes, talked about it. Yeah. And then Irving comes in and uses a little robot brain to let him know, oh, by the way. And Iron Man's like, oh, shit. I know what it is. And so he gets back into the Iron Man suit, same exact cutscene to do that. And then flies to, shocker, the tunnel. Because that's where – the tunnel. That's where those zombie sailors have come out of their submarine and they're going to come up through that tunnel. Apparently, they for whatever reason, they need a tunnel to get out of the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, that makes sense. a little bit nuts. Where where did uh, the tunnel go again? Belgium. Belgium. So, they're in Belgium. <laughs> I think they're – no, no, no. They're, they're, in, they're in England because they talk about Big Ben. Chiming, and that's when they're going to cut the ribbon. So let me get this straight. The Hunnel starts in <laughs> London. False. Yes. False. <laughs> no, no. In this, no, no, no. The Hunnel does. I mean, obviously the Channel doesn't, but the Hunnel starts in London, which does seem a little unnecessary. Yes. That's <laughs> a lot of unnecessary work, but gone. Yeah. I don't know. It also seems like it's they're definitely not like on a river bank. They're on like cliffs, but whatever. Uh, anyways. They're like, oh, hey, Hammer, like, shouldn't we cut the ribbon? And he's like, uh, I think we should because apparently also the the zombies need the signal of cutting the ribbon to really let loose. And so the idea – and they explain this while they're flying over there. Iron, they try to explain the plan here, which is essentially that these zombies have radioactive powers. And by being exposed to the general public, they're going to turn other people into zombies, right? And then the Mandarin will have a big army that he controls, and that's how he's going to take over the Earth. Now, why the why the tunnel is involved and why it took exactly a year is questions I don't think we get adequately answered. And then, like, what happens if the tunnel if if the tunnel was delayed for opening? What happens then? Like, what happens if they just had like a construction delay? I I mean, you definitely have a construction delay in something that large. That's absolutely ridiculous. Oh well, maybe Hammer. I don't know. Maybe he's amazing. Should he be and a also, villain? Is he a villain? Wait a minute. <laughs> he is. Hammer is a villain. <laughs> but he's so efficient. God, God damn it. So, and why, why, leave, why leave the submarine undefended? That's a, My biggest question is, why is it that even though the zombies have now become zombies officially uh, in, the, in the submarine, yeah. why is it okay to leave the submarine undefended? Because it would have given Not only that, Iron Man an opportunity to destroy them before they got to the surface. Mandarin lets it float around in the ocean. Because the way that the U.S. government found it was because some random ship melted as it went over it. Right. And so, they were like, oh, man, it floated all the way to Scotland. That's not where it was before. And so, not only did they leave it unattended, they let it float around towards like busy shipping lanes where it would be detected. 
If they had just like yeah. anchored it using Whirlwind, who can go underwater apparently. They have um, all kinds of powers. It's I mean, it's crazy the kind of powers they have. They have Fim Fam Foom, an alien dragon. Alien dragon could have flown down and taken that submarine and put it somewhere. They could have put it in a big tank in his secret lair and it would have been just as good, I feel like. You know, we could poke holes in this all day. But <laughs> sure. It's not going to change the fact <laughs> what the actual plan was. So anyways, true to form, Iron Man swoops in. He blocks up the channel. Doesn't work. Or sorry, Hunnel. And they have a very confusing fight at this point where they're pulling out all kinds of weird, like 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 Scarlet Witch becomes a zombie at one yep. point. Uh, Spider Woman, she like drops a net on them. Yeah. Uh, people are just like randomly transporting to locations and starting to fight these zombies. And then Iron Man gets a, gets an idea. And what's his idea? To destroy Anyone the know what it is? Right. It, but ha- how – how does it work, though? He breaks the tunnel, but it somehow he managed to break right. it with all the zombies in it. And then he just, like, f- floats them out into the ocean. Right. And that destroys the zombies, question mark? They can't swim, maybe? Or they maybe it's taken them a while to swim to shore, so they got a little bit more time? Yeah, I guess it's maybe time. They just got, they got like, extra time. And then again, they do have a, a hero who can bend space and time. So they could also oh. go back in time. Uh, now that I think about it, they should have just done that. They should have been like, zombies have taken well, over the world and went back in time to right before Big Ben. See, this is a much better plot already. We can put a call I mean, all I day. Think, I think a better plot would just be do what Century does later in this episode, but um, we'll get to that later. Okay. And then yeah. uh, at this point, Titanium Man shows up, right? Right. So Mandarin's really sad. He's like, oh, my plan. But Modoc is like, uh, we plan for everything, man. He's like, you better believe what's about to go down, right? And he reveals because Mandarin's like you. I, you don't mean, and he's like, oh, I do mean. Titanium Man is being called down. And my favorite part of this, first of all, Titanium Man like flies out of the International Space Station. No, <laughs> no idea why. Flies down to Earth, and Iron Man. <laughs> I couldn't even understand what he was saying. It was like I thought we finished him off at Magneto Core. Is that yes, what they said? That's what he said. And uh, thousands of children across the nation go what. Yeah, it's just the first episode of the first season, he's exclaiming, I can't believe Titanium Man is here because I could have sworn I defeated him in this mumbly, random thing that you don't know anything about. Magneto Corp, which I think is the company. I thought it was Magneto Thanos runs. when I first saw him because he had the purple face and the green armor. Yeah, it was even better. So, anyways, they start to fight, and Titanium Man seems pretty formidable, except then they pull out their super. Uh, weapon. There's their super special move, which involves grabbing him by the legs and flipping him over. Yep. And then he's all like, basically like jumbles his brain somehow. And then Iron Man rolls him like a sushi roll into some earth. Yes. And then it's like gift wrapping this guy. And it's like, oh, yeah, we should market. Do not open till Christmas in the year three thousand. And everyone's like, ha, <laughs> three thousand. Yeah, and then he throws it throws it into space, and it fucking explodes. No, he just twinkles like a like a. No, no, no! It explodes. Mm-hmm. Rewatch the episode. Mm-hmm. You know, what? let's mm-hmm. stop it. We're gonna we're all no. rewatch it, and then we'll get back. He to you. He throws it, and just like Jesse and James in Pokemon, he goes ping. You're gonna be so embarrassed, man, when you go back and rewatch this. He goes ping. It <laughs> does not. It pings. It pings, and then explodes. It has a giant. It's like a Death Star explosion. Oh, maybe I maybe 100%. I cut out after that because it pinged, and I was like, "Oh, good, he's gonna come back." Yeah, and then Sentry says, "There's only one more thing to do: heal those sailors." 
uh, and that. And then he heals the sailors, but unfortunately, the captain, who's Captain Dick, because he's a zombie, has fallen off. He was like kind of crawling around. He's kind of crawling around like a little furry caterpillar. Uh, that heals separately from him. And so he's kind of like, oh shit. Excellent. The end. The I end. think that's the end, right? Oh, I think the very end is Mandarin saying, I will be back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So there Excellent. we go. Ugh, what a beautiful. That was pretty good. I feel like the timing of that was pretty good. What did we talk for 45, uh, 50 minutes or something? I have 35 on my uh, recorder right now. Oh, good. oh my god i feel like that's pretty good we're like i feel like we time. needed to actually go a little longer and and kind of decipher what we were watching because we did not get many answers no no, no. I, I i had a lot of questions i feel like it actually as the show went on uh i only had more questions yeah i was, I was none were actually being answered if you had told me more than like a day ago that this was happening I probably would have walked in here and been like, so guys, I watched the 26 episodes in the series <laughs> and they never do explain anything about what was happening in that first season. None of it ever comes right. up. It actually made me want to watch more of it. Like Street Sharks was one where I was like, oh, it'd be funny. It's funny. It's like a funny, weird show. And it'd be fun to watch it. This is just like really confusing. And I, it makes me wonder if all of them are equally confusing. And then it makes me wonder about the guy who was writing it and like what he was really thinking. Yeah, it is weird. Would, apparently, would, apparently, apparently yeah, it was written it was by Stan a Lee. single person. No, no, it wasn't. Right. It was yeah. in collaboration or something. It was apparently written by this yeah. one person. And he was writing it totally without comic book references. The second season is apparently all comic book stories. But he was right. writing this off of like no reference. Very bizarre. Bizarre choice weird korean yeah. company that they sold the rights to animate iron man to all right so should we do some some ratings remember this is going to be out of six inches because this is a submersible pod about a television episode all right so am I, am I rating it based on of how much i was personally entertained by watching the the television show by the quality of the yeah. television show or the quality of the submarine and the television show I don't know your choice. It, it's a tough one for me. <laughs> yeah, I am going to go by the actual quality of the television program. Which is this the worst animated thing I've ever seen? Probably not. There's definitely worse things that exist. Uh, I still maintain the Star Trek <laughs> animated series that we will watch for this for this show. Uh, that one we when we watch that I'll be like this is actually one of the worst things that I've actually ever seen is this animated show it is the most boring and most garbage thing uh, you'll ever watch um, a similar story actually that one has like another company where they just like didn't give a shit so they repeat like things constantly in order to save money so I feel like uh, I'm gonna give it like a, a 1.8 wow I'll throw it down higher there. than I thought that's pretty high actually yeah, I, I'm I'm doing a floor. Can we? I don't know. So the floor I'm really giving is like one is going to be like unwatchable garbage. So one point eight. I, I find weird parts of it entertaining, and it was more coherent the second time through than you might expect. So I'm gonna go one point eight. Okay. Um, I can jump in real quick. I'm gonna be going to one. Okay. Um, like I had said with Street Sharks, I was like, I feel like I could write this episode, and that was because I felt like my brain could figure out what they wanted out of an episode of Street Sharks. Mm. I could not write an episode. It's almost fall this falls the other direction. It's not like it's so good that I can't write it. And Street Sharks is 
so bad and weird that I, I think I could make it the quality wise. This one falls over the other edge. Basically, I don't understand the structure of what the episodes are supposed to be. I don't think I can mimic what was happening here. It almost seems like it was written by a computer or like a, mm-hmm. one of those computer programs that are that are supposed to take kind of like things that are in comic book stuff and make a script yeah. because it just is, makes no sense and it's nonsense. First time I, I watched it through, I actually couldn't believe it. Second time, there was a little more coherency there, but still the ending is – off the chains and apparently only gets crazier. Apparently one of the episodes of Iron Man of this, of this series, his suit has, has powered off. Like it can't be used anymore. It's like a hunk of metal now. And then he turns around and uses a, uh, a tape, like a tape that you listen to music on and uses that to power up his suit. Mm -hmm. And there is no further explanation other than that. He takes like a tape out of like a music thing and then like powers up his suit. Yeah. So I just, I mean, I, my, that that could not come out of my brain. So it's lower. And I, I think I feel like I gave Street Sharks kind of in the middle, maybe like a three or something or two and a half. Mm-hmm. This falls like way, way down into the one. Yep. I, shit, I got someone at my door. <laughs> I got someone at my door. Uh-oh. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Uh-oh. One second. <laughs> we can edit this out. Sure. Or we can leave it in. We can talk more about, I don't know. This is I am <laughs> An electric guitar and like a tuba, probably. Yep, that's what it is. Uh, what else was there in the second the second season episode one? I'm trying to think of more. The storyline was basically like hammer. Is doing some nefarious stuff. He's trying to blow up Iron Man. Does he become the big baddie? Well, so what happens is Fin Fin, fin Foom is calling up his brethren. So there are four other Fin Fin Fooms on Earth. They had crash landed on Earth, and um, like a long time ago. And then the Mandarin was the guy who like I'm back. Super and sorry about that, guys. I had my neighbor uh, needed. Uh- some sugar, a cup of sugar. Needed a, co- needed a copy of a death certificate. So, ooh, what? Yeah, I gotta gotta work on that after the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, review this episode. You guys, I think, pretty much covered it. Um, if one is unwatchable garbage, mm, this is this is unwatchable garbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> Watching it, uh, I didn't know for sure. I thought you had said it was the first episode prior to me watching it. And uh, the only real evidence that it was the first episode was there was the introduction between War Machine and Iron Man. Hmm. Otherwise, it it just made like – like it was almost like they were making assumptions that you knew all of this – Iron Man lore and you knew all the characters and everything and you know you take out the the intro and you, well rather you, you take the intro and you take the end credits and then that leaves less than 20 minutes to do an episode so it was super ambitious for them to try to introduce or you know show on screen you know you got like five or six different heroes and eight or nine different villains you got you, you want to give them all some screen time and then you've got this crazy plot if you want to even call it that where it's even taking place over the course of a year. It's like so much to cram into <laughs> yeah, that is 18, interesting. 19 I wonder minutes. how yeah. many of the other episodes took place in between. Uh, I guess nothing point. because they said the Mandarin, the Mandarin didn't even try to attempt to go into the – to break back in. 
Well, that's what he says. He's like, do you think he's given up? They say. Well, the, he, he doesn't necessarily have to break back in. He could do something else. Right, but he says, do you think the Mandarin's given up? And he says the Mandarin, no, I don't think so. To his complex. I don't know. I feel, like he's, I feel like the implication has been quiet for a whole year. What were we doing? Oh, yeah, a review. Yeah, it's a good review. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and give this a one as well. Okay. Well, you guys yeah. have never seen Star Trek, the animated series. So, you do not know what unwatchable garbage is. So, I forgive you. Okay. So I'm going to get some trivia going. Um, seeing as this is the worst thing I've ever seen and uh, has no actual artistic quality to it, I was curious about the writer. So that was Ron Friedman. He wrote every episode of the first season. Um, he actually was nominated in his career. He was nominated for a primetime Emmy mm-hmm. as being part of the writing team on the Danny Kaye show back in like the 50s or something, 60s maybe. Uh, apparently, his brain melted sometime between then and now or 1994 uh, because he made this. And this was his last credit basically. And then uh, he was – he still is a lecturer at Chapman University, which is in California, uh, teaching kind of TV drama and stuff. Um, Here, here, here's Marvel a quick action. theory. It, this, yeah. I mean, it could have been good writers. Like they could have d- did so much that they wrote like a really great story and it took place <laughs> yeah, over like in. a year. And they're like, guys, we only have 18 minutes. And they had to like cut so much out <laughs> that it became garbage. Yeah, they had like less even. They were like, okay, every Iron Man transformation takes three minutes and Stan Lee is going to have a live action like opening thing that takes like a few minutes as well. So you have 12 minutes. <laughs> like shit. <laughs> like, oh man, I was really going to explore Whirlwind's like backstory <laughs> shit. Oh, he had so daddy anyways, issues growing up and yeah. his mother was find killed a in a tornado. <laughs> Uh, that's why it makes it so dead. So his power is both terrible and, uh, you know, great. Uh, so part of the Marvel action hour, uh, it was packed, it was packaged with the fantastic four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each had a half hour episode airing back to back. So hopefully they have one with a submarine and the fantastic four. We can see two halves. Hopefully. Uh, as mentioned, this was uh, there was a subject of major overhaul between seasons. So the first uh, season is scarcely recognizable as being part of the same series as the second season. Uh, one of the most distinctive a- animated uh, features of the first season was the uh, armor donning stock footage. Uh, <clears throat> he transforms into Iron Man using a briefcase. Uh, sequence was not without its own limitations. Uh, depicted Stark standing in his lab wearing a white jacket, but it's used regardless of where Stark is actually in in the scene so it creates some very massive visual disconnects throughout the first season and also they have uh brief moments of primitive cgi and looking at the credits this seems to have been done by uc riverside college of engineering um, under the directorship of dr gerardo benny who's a professor there of physics um it's because he gets a credit as like the director of that uh, group um so the guy who took over the second season tom Tedder. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, to Tarnowicz, uh, he advocated eliminating the Stan Lee intros um, for, more, for more time for the stories, uh, but they felt like Stan's vast legion of fans would not like this, so they kept on. And then eventually he came around and said he kind of liked them because Stan was very, uh, Stan Lee was very like into it and really gave it his all. So people were like, oh, you know what, keep it. Hmm. All right. So you ready for my, the casting what ifs? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so Iron Man is obviously part of the Avengers crew of superheroes. So what other Marvel superheroes, so not part of the Avengers necessarily, but what other Marvel superheroes would have done well here? What about Dolph Lundgren? He played the Punisher. Uh, yeah, I could have I done with some of, some of the Punisher. 
I mean, he's a little yeah. bit gritty for Iron Man, but... Well, no, I'm thinking Dolph Lundgren, because he could have voiced a number of characters. Yeah. All of the Russian submariners. Yes. Obviously. Uh, Scarlet Witch, I think he could have managed it, probably. I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> no. Okay, what about Thomas Jane? Scarlet he played the He played the Punisher, huh. Thomas Jane. I think he plays either Modoc or Hawkeye. Okay. That's my personal opinion. Ooh. Is it because Hawkeye is kind of bland? Yes. Thomas Jane? It's actually explicitly because Hawkeye is very bland. Sorry, Thomas Jane. We know he's a listener. So. The next one going to be John Bernthal. Uh, what about Ray Stevenson? He no. played the Punisher. Oof. Um, he's like big and bulky. He's kind of old now. I think, I think he's Iron Man, though. That's a good call. What about War Machine? No. No War Machine. He can be War Machine. <laughs> Later on, Nick, what about Nick Fury shows up later. <laughs> Nick Fury. Uh, the white, what about John the white Bern- Nick Fury. What? <laughs> what about John Bernthal? He was the Punisher. <laughs> oh, we have a new one uh, in the TV show. Um, Which is pretty good. Yeah. It's by far not the worst of those Netflix series. I can't well, remember anyone else's name. I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's, throw him to, let's throw him to Mandarin. Yeah. Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about Ed Harris? So he was the Punisher in a short-lived live-action television show called The Punisher Punishment, and it aired in June uh, 1984. And so uh, his costume, if you want to – I can give more details. So the costume consisted only of a mesh tank top and a pair of jorts, <laughs> and he had, catch, he had a catchphrase. It was, time to punish <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> What was that? Yeah. <laughs> This is embarrassing. I, I shouldn't be able. I shouldn't like crack myself. Up. You're, you're having a Zach moment. <laughs> <laughs> Time to punish these. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, this terrible, it's a terrible radio. They <laughs> <laughs> change his origin story too. Instead of having a family killed <laughs> by the mob, <laughs> by going on a violent quest for revenge, he instead owns a local grease business, <laughs> and the business is slow. So he, he picks up a hobby. And the hobby is vigilante justice and Very punishing creeps. Nice. So, well, what, thing? what do you think? What about Ed Harris? <laughs> uh, Ed so Harris. obviously he's either Iron Man or you he's can also the Mandarin. Have oh, Mandarin, that, that's a good one. Can he be bad guys? No, he never plays a bad guy. I didn't think so. No. Uh, he's never played a bad guy. Maybe his entire he's a life. good Mandarin. He could play the um, the Hunnel in some capacity. Oh, so he's Hammer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like it. Hammer's a bad guy, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, no. So, but it's, it's the way you think about it, though, right? Because yeah. you said the same thing. Like, you'd be like, oh, wasn't Ed Harris a bad guy in The Rock? And my answer is no. He was just, I mean, you know, he just, you can look at it a way of being like, oh, you know what? He wanted to, you know, get some something for his, like, friends from whatever it was. I can't remember his motivation in that movie. But, you know, you could twist it to being good. And Hammer, I mean, he's an efficient businessman, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like in in Geostorm, Ed Harris. I mean, he was just. I mean, he's really trying to trying to bring America to the top by destroying all the other his enemies <laughs> with the right. weather machine. Geostorm. So, uh, uh, anyways, I'm I'm sorry to all the listeners for cracking <laughs> cracking up in my catchphrase. What was the catchphrase again? <laughs> I couldn't I just... hear it. It's it's time to punish these dweebs. <laughs> That's not that funny. <laughs> it's just... That's why it's so good. Uh, well, all right. Do you want to go? A little, a little, little case of the giggles. Yep. So I'm going to go into the pun. Uh, sorry, the Punisher drone, the Phantom Zone. 
engage the Phantom. Uh, so the the cast on this is insane. Uh, War Machine is voiced by Dorian Harewood, and he was actually in one of the movies we've already watched for Submersion. So he was Fowler in Great Lady Down. So that's it. I mean, I, I know we can go there because it's Great Lady Down. It's just the, the, the fact that there was a voice actor in this who already appeared in one of the movies we've already watched seems crazy to me. So anyways, there's other stuff too, like uh, Jim Cummings, he, he voices uh, Sentry and MODOK. He also has a pre- he has a credit as President Clinton in this episode, this specific episode. And mm. my question for everyone was, did you see President Clinton in this episode? I did not, but I think you're right. I think it is they made yeah. up that general. So they they basically they imply the general says, "Oh, the president wants you to take part in this thing." And my guess is that in the script, and they probably recorded it and did all that stuff. They had it be President Clinton, and then they realized they couldn't do that. <laughs> like they weren't allowed to. So they just made it some anonymous general instead. But yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, Bob, do you want me to go or should you go? Um, I assume you, you made something. You did some list. I, I do. I do have the countdown. I'll go ahead and do it. We'll, we'll uh, roll with our countdown tonight, gentlemen. Tube three, ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. It is going to be a little collaborative one again between the, the two Bad Movie Twins over there. That's they, BadMovieTwins.com. That's BadMovieTwins.com. Uh, they've got some great minds separately together, though. They are just a juggernaut. Um, and we, we proved that with the uh, Baldwin brothers uh, a few months back. Now I want you guys to tell me uh, we're going to be counting down some of the worst superheroes and supervillains in the DC and Marvel universes. Mm. I am going to make it a little bit of a challenge for you as I count them down. I'm going to give you two. You have to tell me which of the two is the real one. Then I'm going to give you some stats about the real one. Excellent. All right. The first one, which of the two is the real super villain in this case? Denim Daddy or Leather Boy? Uh, I think it's Denim Daddy. You think? You think Denim Daddy is real? No, I guess Leather Boy makes a little bit more sense. But is that yeah? It's got to be Leather Boy, right? Leather Boy, he's real, and he is a true leather daddy, though. He is from the Marvel Universe. (laughs) This gimp gimp suit clad villain is an enemy of Squirrel Girl. He is infamous amongst fans of the series for being the one who killed one of Squirrel Girl's beloved squirrel pets. What? Oh, that's terrible. When's that going to be in the MCU? I don't know. I'm sure it's coming down the pipe. Probably would show up in like Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. I could see that, or yeah. it's in a brief scene in uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy or something. Yeah, Guardians is the most play, right. most likely. Could be uh, people that know Squirrel Girl. I I don't know anything about Squirrel Girl, but I'm sure she is a little more famous and is probably kind of tied to one of those sort of sub universes. Number four. It's a good one, guys. You guys are one for one. Is it twist on head gal or arm fall off boy? Twist on head gal, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Ooh, I gotcha. Gotcha, boys. Correct one is arm fall off boy of the DC universe has the ability to detach his own limbs, which he can then use as weapons. Great. 
He couldn't. He didn't. He didn't want a better name there. I guess not. Actually, I think they uh, said that he uh, reappeared later because he didn't have a. He didn't land very strong amongst the the audience. They didn't have a very good reception. So he was re released as Splitter. I think was the name I saw. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, a little step up. Counting down here, number three, Inevitable Boy or Hindsight Lad. Uh, I'm starting to think it might be hindsight. I think hindsight lad. I think that's hindsight lad. Hindsight lad. You got it. That's a good one. I didn't think you were going to get that one. He's of the Marvel Universe. Is a member of the New Warriors with the ability to point out any tactical errors made by his allies after the fact. (laughs) What? Hindsight, hindsight, lad. Uh, it sounds like a, a hell of a lot like Captain Hindsight for any South Park fans out there. Number two, Matter Eater, lad, or Proto Glutton? Matter Eater, right? You think you think it's a lad again? Oh, sorry, sorry. It was Matter, matter Eater, eater lad. lad, or Proto Glutton. Oh, Proto Glutton does sound real. Yeah. Let's go with Proto Glutton. Oh, you guys overthought it. <sighs> Overthunk it. Told you. I Matter told you. Eater Lad of the DC Universe. He is a member of the Legion of Superheroes and possesses the power to eat matter in all forms. Great. <laughs> and last night, number one, Dog Welder or Digger Cat? Dog Welder dog, or dog Digger welder. Cat? I think Dog Welder. Dog welder. You got it. You guys got three of five. DC Universe Dog Welder is a villain who prowls around with dogs and welding equipment. He welds dogs to his enemies. We did almost precisely as well as a coin flip. There you go. Yeah, it's pretty much coin flips at this point. Yep. Well, very nice. Very good. Good job, uh, guys. Thank you. That was our top five worst we superheroes or supervillains. We got three out of five? Yep. Three out of five. Yeah, solid D. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I actually have a game that is uh, in a similar vein. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe someone's backstory. This is specifically from Ooh. the Marvel universe. I like it. And I, I want you to try. I'll try to lead you there, but I want you to try to guess their their superhero name. I love it. So here we go. Damar Davis, being a mutant and possessing his unique teleporting ability, is able to allow his teammates entrance into almost any structure thus creating both a stealthy entrance as well as a surprise attack. So he's got, he's got, he creates portals. Um, yeah, portals, that's portals pretty good. and teleporting. Portal. Portals. Portal man. Portal man. Portal, portal man's man. close. What, what, is like, what is like a portal into a building? A door. Doorman. And his name is Doorman. His oh, name is Doorman. Oh, interesting. It's yes. like a little play on, play on words, too. Doorman. Yep. <laughs> so good. Good job. They got You got there That's pretty kind quick. of clever. Yeah. Uh, the second one. Fritz von Meyer was born in Leipzig, Germany, and became one of Adolf Hitler's top scientists. He became a mm. beekeeper in South America after the war and discovered a colony of mutated bees. Von Meyer attempted to enslave the queen bee, but failed, and the bees devoured him. His consciousness was absorbed into the colony, allowing Von Meyer to manipulate the hive to do his will. Mm, what is his name? It's gotta be hive mind. It's gotta be hive mind. It's not hive mind. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, Jamie, give, give me one. Talk it to me. Uh, 
uh, what was his first name? It was Fritz von Meyer. It's not a play off his name. Ah, uh, Fritz Fritz von Apiary. <laughs> <laughs> what what is he made of? He basically it, it absorbed his body, he, and that his his body is made of honey. Nope. It's made of honeycombs. No, it's just made of bees. It's made of wax. It's made of bees. Okay. <laughs> and what do you call a group of bees? A swarm. And he's the swarm. So he's, I like that though. Yeah, he's just that's a very scary one. If that showed up in the MCU, I'd be actually scared. I'd be real scared. So he's the swarm. Apparently, his bones are still within the swarm. Ooh. Uh, this next one is very tough. Uh, but is a great play on words. Um, Thursday was a scientist who grafted an organic computer on her head composed of malleable plastic that can assume any form she wills it to. She was recruited by Arthur Nagin into the supervillain group known as the Headmen. Her intentions at the time of joining the Headmen were to replace the head of every human with a plastic head like hers. Hmm, Plasty Girl? Doll head. Plasty Girl? No, so her name is Thursday. The woman oh. who was Thursday. It's <laughs> a great one, but no, her head is red. I knew you would like that one because you're you live in England. Sure, that's her head English is red, reference. and her name is Thursday. Red Thursday. What is Thursday? It's it's a day. What's another day? <laughs> red Friday. Red Sunday. <laughs> Ruby. Ruby. Ruby Monday. Oh, Ruby Thursday. Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> Ruby Tuesday. No, it's Ruby Thursday. <laughs> Oh, her name is Thursday. <laughs> it's obviously Ruby Thursday. Uh, you didn't mention that she was a redhead, though. No, her it's head is literally a piece of red plastic. Oh, <laughs> her head okay. is a piece of plastic. That's what the entire backstory is. Anyways. That's also scary. That's a scary one. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, Gustav Hertz is a man who worked in a mechanical laboratory in his youth. One day, his arms were caught in the machine and end up amputated. After being discharged from the hospital, Gustav learned how to use his teeth and feet to act like his hands. After years of training, Gustav became a supervillain and started a campaign to destroy machines as his revenge for the loss of his arms. What is his extremely silly name? Double paraplegic. Donut hurts. Donut no. hurts. No, you're, no, you're never actually mm. going to get this one. But you could describe what would you? Descri- how would you like most basically describe, describe him this as? Thing? I would describe him as all legs. No, <laughs> even more spider basic. spider machine. Even more basic. He's without without. What arms. doesn't he have? Arms, limbs. limbs, arms. He doesn't have arms, so he is he is the armless man. It's very close. He's he's the armless tiger man. <laughs> yes. Wait, what? That's his name, armless tiger man. Armless tiger man. That is his his superhero name. Anyways, so number five, Drake Shannon was born in Wheeling, West Virginia, an accomplished motorcycle stunt rider. He owned one half of the traveling motorcycle stunt show, which would later feature Johnny Blaze. Wanting to own it all, he challenged his partner to a motorcycle race, but crashed, leaving him horribly disfigured. He was then gifted a powerful helmet, which was modeled to look like a giant eyeball and could hypnotize people. So he really doesn't have a superhero at all, a superpower at all. It's his helmet. He's got a, he was gifted a helmet from quote unquote the people boy. with power. Hypnosia. It's not Hypnosia, unfortunately. That would be a oh. better name than this. How would you describe the shape of this person's head? An eye. Yes, but Orb. Orb. That is literally his name, Orb. Oh, there we go. You got it. Roy Orbison. Yeah. Oh, it's probably what he named. That's why he named himself Roy Orbison because he loved his character so much. Jerry Orbach. So if if you 
so let's say let's say I died or I got I got disfigured in a tragic uh, podcasting accident. Um, accident. What would my what, what do you think my name should be? How, what was the, what was the nature of the injury? I was uh, I, I started talking about how a captain has his dick out, and then I got like I got the giggles, and I fell over and knocked over a thing of uh, grease that then I lit on fire. Uh oh, grease distortion. monkey. Distortion. I got distortion. <laughs> I'm the grease monkey. Uh, yeah. And I've got, I'm super Ed, agile. Wait. Somehow, somehow I've become super agile. Wait, you, you're covered in grease, but you lit on fire, so you have no hair. So you're Ed hairless. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes.